Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Our next guest is out in the bush hunting for bones this Valentine's Day. Mowing a far range in northern Hawke's Bay is one of New Zealand's most significant geological sites. Until paleontologist Joan Whiffen discovered dinosaur bones there in the 1970s. We actually thought New Zealand was dino-free. And by the early 2020s, it was thought all the significant fossils had been uncovered. But then, a year ago today, Cyclone Gabriel hit. The heavy rains reset the landscape and unearthed some new treasures. And breaks from his main job, restoring the native bush... Pete Shaw has found time for us. He's manager of the Forest Life Force Restoration, and he's been keeping Joan's legacy alive. He joins us now. Hi, Pete. Yeah, kia ora, Jesse. Really nice to talk to you. Can you take us to the Maungatanefa Range? How do we get there exactly? I drive north of Napier about an hour and then head inland on the Willow Flat Road for about an hour, and that'll get you sort of into the um, southern Turtleweta Ranges. And what is your history with that part of the world? History. Um, I've been man, uh, working there for the Forest Life Force Restoration Trust since um, 2002. So, but had been working in Turtleweta since, or well, shivers, most of my life, yeah. which is um, quite a while now. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about uh, that part of the world and, and the appeal to you? Uh, well, it's remote, and it's the biggest patch of forest in the North Island. Um, so it's pretty, you know, pretty special in that regard. It's got some pretty special species in there. Still got kiwi in Mangatanapa, quite good numbers, and um, other rare species: fio, kaka, uh, kakabeek, uh, which are just about gone from the wild. So um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty special neck of the woods. But also those fossils, of course. Yeah, and I'll come to them in a moment. I yeah. just Googled Mangitanafa Range and it took me up into Northland, but we're closer to Lake Waikare Moana, are we? Yeah, well, Lake Waikare Moana is just over the hill from us. Great, okay. Can you give us a bit of the uh, history of fossil hunting in the park? Um, yeah, well, Joan Whiffen and company were legends there. You know, so the initial fossils were found by an oil geologist, Dan Hoare, back in the 1940s. And he made a little annotation on a topo map, and that was picked up by Joan and uh, Whiffen and the Crabtrees and Co. And um, they didn't know where that site was, but they managed to find it and go in there. And um, well, the rest is history, really, because they found the first land dinosaur fossils for the country and changed all of our thinking around uh, Aotearoa's geological history. What sorts of dinosaurs were they discovering there? Um, well, they only found bits and pieces because it's a marine environment that they were preserved in. So, you know, these things were terrestrial dinosaurs um, and you'd only get a bit of them that would end up sort of in the big harbour or um, 
estuarine environment where they were preserved. So they found, you know, ribs and um, off a rib of an ankylosaur, uh, you know, that armour-plated thing with the big club tail. Um, yeah, that's a popular from. one with the four-year-old, I've got to say, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, most kids seem to go through a dinosaur phase, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plesiosaurs are pretty cute, and the pterosaurs, are, I think, are the flying, the flying ones. Pretty incredible, really. Um, yep. And you don't actively hunt for fossils in the park, but am I right in thinking that you sometimes find them anyway? Uh, well, it's not our core business. You know, our core business is sort of conservation work, and um, the fossil hunting is a hobby on the side, if you like. So, you know, if we've got some spare time, we might scoot into the creek and go and have a look. Um, if, if we can, and tell me about what it's how you identify them and and what it's like when you actually uh, discover a dinosaur bone. Um, you don't actually hunt for fossils, oddly enough. You you hunt for the concretions that they're found in. So you you really get your eye into the particular type of rock that the fossils are preserved in, because um, it's quite different from the surrounding bedrock. Really? And when you start people out, you sort of get them keyed into those rocks, which are much harder than the surrounding bedrock. So normally I give them a hammer and say, you know, tap the rocks until you find the ones that ring like steel, and they're the good ones, Gosh. and they're the ones you need to search for. And then if you find a bit of concretional rock, then you um, just cast your eye upon it or roll it over and, you know, have a good look at it. And, yeah, every now and then you find something pretty special. Can you talk um, us through a couple of the things that you've found that made a particular impact? Uh, well, just this year, earlier this year, we found um, a concretion in a valley. We actually call it the Whiffin Valley after Joan and Pont Whiffin, of course. And um, walking up the creek, spotted a bit of concretional rock and fully exposed were uh, six vertebrae in a line and what looked like finger bones. And it was the part of the backbone and the paddle of an elasmosaur, so one of those great big marine reptiles that scooted around in the ocean same time as the dinosaurs were on the land. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. About 10 metres long they were. Yes, that's right, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. A, a bit, look a bit like the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> well, if the, if the Loch Ness Monster was, is real, that's what it would be, and it would be an elasmosaur. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. And is it true Cyclone Gabriel and, and those rains had an impact on, on finding these fossils and, and maybe unearthing some? Yeah, well, um, oddly enough, even though we've had lots of rain events since um, working on the property, we started there in 2005, the creeks there were actually surprisingly stable, you know, and Cyclone Gabriel was the first big rain event since, Cyclone Bola, so um, it's really the first time that everything got jumbled around and turned over, and um, really it's a blank canvas again. Gosh, and you can see that, can you? Oh yeah, got uh, just completely smashed. You know, there's slips and uh, um, washed out creeks and stuff all over the place, and lots of windfalls. And places the fossil hunting's got a lot harder because um, parts of the stream bed are sort of smothered with. Um, much younger material with that, that some fossil bearing, mm. but but other places it's sort of been rubbed raw again, if you like. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to go into those sites. Do you get the feeling there's lots more still to discover? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're only scratching the surface. Sort of play at it, really. We don't spend as much time as I'd like to, but, um, yeah, there could be any any number of things in there. Yeah, and do you run tours? Like, if members of the public are interested, will you actually take people in for a look? Um, if we can, but it's not our core business. You know, we're kind of quite stretched. So we've got 23,000 hectares that we're working over, and I'm the only staff member, so we sort of... Um, we tend to, you know, be a bit stingy with our time because we're stretched pretty, pretty thin as it is, Jesse. Yeah, and if you find something, what's the what's the procedure from there? Um, we photograph it. If we can carry it, we carry it out. But we photograph it and we send it to send the images to GNS and Lower Hut, and they're fantastic. They've got some really good. Um, experts on hand, um, and they're very um, accommodating. You know, more than willing to sort of cast their professional eyes over whatever we've got, and um, yeah, hopefully they can identify things for us. We've got the old one or two that they haven't been able to, so we've got one at the moment sitting around um, at Mongatanafa where the helicopter dropped it, and it's a big concretion full of bone, uh, and we don't know what it is. Basically, exciting. Yeah, it is. It's the unknown stuff. You know, there's lots of elasmosaur and um, mosasaur fossils for New Zealand now, but um, it's that that idea that you might find something that's completely new to science that sort of keeps you going. Yeah, gosh. I imagine they're pretty heavy, are they? Oh well, they come in all shapes and sizes. If you can pick it up and carry it, it's unusual. Most of them are in big lumps of rock. and, yeah, then it's quite an act to get them flying out if we have to fly them out. We only fly out the, you know, the extra special ones, obviously. Yeah. Is there international interest from paleontologists in this part of the world and what's, what could be discovered here? Um, I guess so. I don't really know too much about that, to be honest. Um, I think the um, the South Americans have a particular expertise in plesiosaurs, um, you know, pliosaurs and elasmosaurs, and we've got one section of skull that um, is unidentified, but we haven't been able to sort of drum up interest in getting anyone to go through the process Gosh, of, you know, yeah. taking it a bit further. Meanwhile, what's the day job, Pete? Oh, the day job sort of <laughs> nowhere near as romantic. It's um, checking traps and you know, basically killing stuff to protect native species. Um, so we've got a very big kiwi restoration project uh, that we that we run and also a big um, conversion of pine forest to native forest project that we that we have as well. Fantastic. Who's funding that? Who are you doing it on behalf of? Uh, so I work for um, the Forest Life Force Restoration Trust and the chairman is Simon Hall and he's also... Um, the landowner, and he owns Tasty Products Limited in Auckland. So Simon's, you know, a very serious conservationist. He's put a, a heck of a lot of time and effort and money into his conservation work. And so the 23,000 hectares that were operational over is on his land. So he's got 23,000 hectares of Hawke's Bay hinterland. Um, most of that's native forest, and all of it's got some form of conservation work on it. Can you see the difference it makes when you trap and, and restore native forest? 
Oh, yeah, it's huge. Um, so the Kiwi Project, you know, we've just recently released our 600th Kiwi um, from the restoration work that we're doing. Uh, and that's a you know, significant milestone for Kiwi in the country. Um, and also just walking through the forest, the mistletoe population there is coming back in leaps and bounds. So when Simon first bought Mongatanapa, it took three years to find a mistletoe. Um, and now you can go out, uh, and I've done this, and find over 100 mistletoe in a day searching. You know, So just by killing the possums, the mistletoe have come back. Um, hugely. Mm, embarrassingly, I didn't realise mistletoe was a New Zealand native. Yeah, we've got three beach-hosted species, and we've got all of them at Mongatanapa, and um, yeah, they're all coming back in leaps and bounds. Yeah. And once upon a time, they're a significant part of our beach forest. You know, a huge part of the beach forest biota. And if they've been here forever, if they've been here since the era of dinosaurs, you can bet that the uh, local insects and other natives rely on them and and sort of work um, in conjunction with them in an ecosystem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're quite specialised plants. Um, And, you know, that's a good measure of your success, actually, how your mistletoe are doing. Great. Nice to talk to you, Pete. Thanks so much for uh, taking us to this beautiful part of the world. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Pete Shaw, manager of the Forest Life Force Restoration on Dinosaurs and Kiwi. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.